Hey, thanks for listening to Stepping Forward Podcast. That should say listening, not listening. (laughs) This is Sarah, and I'm here with Rachel. And today we're interviewing Taylor Proctor. And Taylor is um, a friend of mine. I know her from a mastermind that we do together, and she does a podcast called Happiness Abound. Thanks for being with us today, Taylor. Thank you for having me. I'm very honored and excited to be here. We're excited to have you too. So Taylor, um, just so y'all know, is not a step-parent. Um, Taylor works with emotional mastery type things, managing your emotions, figuring out how to be happy. And even though she's not a step parent, um, we have some common life struggles that we all go through and Taylor has some really good strategies that we can talk about. So we're glad to have you here. Okay, Taylor, tell us a little bit about yourself and kind of where you got to how you are, who you are now. Yeah. So I, as hard as it may be to believe, but I used to be the angriest person I knew uh-huh. and any little thing would throw me for a loop and my triggers would lead me to being instantly angry uh-huh. and anything that would even remotely mildly inconvenience me, uh-huh. like <laughs> small, small stuff would just set me off. And mm-hmm. I did this for a really long time where just, I was so angry Yeah. And what it was is it was a a teeter-totter of sorts of anger and feeling vulnerable. Uh And I am not like there's there's flight and there's freeze and then there's fight and I always go to fight. Okay. So so my (laughs) template is to be angry. And so anytime I would feel vulnerable, sad, scared, whatever that may be in that space on that side of the teeter-totter, I'd immediately be like, nope, we got to get angry. We can't feel that emotion. Uh So I started to suppress all my emotions. Well, not started. I continued to Uh (laughs) suppress my emotions and just kind of live in this angry state. And it's actually really interesting because several things happened, but my husband actually had said to me quite a few times. I wish I could say it was just like one time and I got it. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Same here. It's okay. (laughs) But I was, he was like, hey where did you go? You used to be so happy. And now any little thing sends you into this rage. Uh And I feel like I don't know you anymore and I can't connect as well. And, and he said that in roundabout ways several times, but Mm -hmm. finally it clicked for me. And I was like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not happy. Uh And I started to feel like, because I wasn't happy and I was angry all the time and now I'm not connecting with my spouse as well. And I'm not connecting with other people as well. And I'm just a rage monster. Uh-huh. I started to feel broken. Oh, yeah. Because I felt like everyone around me seems so happy. Uh-huh. And of course, social media doesn't help with that. Not at all. No. Right? And I'm sure your, your guys' audience can relate. Like, perfect moms out there on Instagram. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, why can't I get it together? And uh-huh. so I felt like I was broken. And I felt like I was wrong and I should be inherently happy. And that mindset continued to perpetuate these negative emotions that I continued to want to suppress and the cycle continued on and on. That's really hard. I had a therapist who would tell me, don't should on yourself. Yes. (laughs) Don't make yourself like, I should be this. I should be this. And the key phrase there to turn is take should to could. Yeah. Because it opens up the possibilities. Uh So I should do this, Shane's. Mm-hmm. I could do this opens up possibilities and options of do I want to or not? Yeah. And in my, in my own journey, I felt like I should. Uh-huh. Right. And really the option is I could, could be happy. And I started to think that 
maybe it's not an inherent thing. Maybe I actually have to work at this. Uh huh. So I started working towards being happier and discovered that I actually could change my mindset, discovered that I could control my temper and started to have a little bit more grace for myself. Yeah. And that led to grace for others. And when I had the combo of those two, I wasn't as angry and I started to be happier and happier. Oh, I really like that because I feel like a lot of times as step parents, that grace for ourselves, we know our motives. That one's a little bit easier, but grace for other people, maybe especially people that we're co-parenting with can be a lot trickier. Um, but I think that's an experience that's common to people who aren't step parents too, that we all are in this world together and we all have to get along with each other. And I think too, one of the biggest realizations for me, and uh, I can say this because she's not in the family anymore, but I had a sister-in-law and we, it was a competition uh-huh. and it was very much, I viewed her as kind of my worst enemy when it came to connecting with my mother-in-law. Interesting. And and I'm sure that's a whole nother dynamic uh-huh. thing. Yeah. <laughs> but I viewed her as like my worst enemy. And one of the biggest shifts in myself becoming happy was realizing that whatever action someone takes, every single one of us, even our worst enemy, and even if it's like, man, that action, you should have thought that through. Like, mm-hmm. right. You hurt me, you hurt the family, but you should have thought it through. But the thing is, is that person's, everybody wants to be happy. Mm-hmm. Like, you could ask your worst enemy, what do you, like, what's the ultimate goal? And it's to be happy. Right. And as soon as you can see that that's what other people are doing, and then also understand that if someone's hurt or they're acting out of anger or aggression, or they're doing things that you're like, wow, that's inappropriate. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Then being like, okay, why could they possibly be doing that? And that's not necessarily forgiving it. Right. Because that's a whole other thing. <laughs> right. right. But putting yourself in a place of emotional um, openness uh-huh. and being like, okay, so this person is probably acting this way because they feel threatened and scared. Right. And how can I stay true to myself and be happy in my in my life while still setting boundaries within the parameters of a relationship that you're going to have to deal with no matter what? And that's really it's hard. So true. Yeah. Right. So let's take that concept and apply it to our blended families. So stepmoms and stepdads, think about your um, biological parent counterpart, okay? So your partner's ex, the mother or father of your children, (laughs) and think about their motivations for acting the way that they do, why Mm -hmm. they might be making the choices that they're making. Um, So the concept Taylor is teaching us is that everyone wants to be happy, okay? So... Sometimes as step parents, we see biological parents making choices that negatively impact their children Yeah, um, because they want, it seems like they're wanting to negatively impact their ex, Mm -hmm. right? Um, And maybe they are, maybe they aren't. That's hard to know. Maybe they think that will make them happy seeing the other person suffer. Um, And that's really hard. Yeah. It's hard to watch. It's hard to justify in your mind. Um, One concept, though, is that some people, when they were children, were raised in chaos and never learned anything different. Mm -hmm. They never learned a different way to find equilibrium or find happiness. And so they tend towards chaos in order to attempt to find happiness. 
So that's kind of a (laughs) concept to look at with that. I think a lot of us see that in our co-parenting relationships where, I mean, there was a reason that that first relationship fell apart and tended towards chaos. Mm -hmm. And that person isn't likely to change just because they got divorced, Mm -hmm. right? They're going to tend towards those same, you know, chaotic ideas, those same attempts at happiness until they learn something different. Mm -hmm. And we may not be able to ever, you know, influence how they learn or what they attempt to find happiness. Absolutely. And I think I know from a non-parent standpoint, but uh, right, being raised in a mixed family, being surrounded by mixed families in both friends and mm-hmm. my own family members, I think for me at least, I see it as there's whatever they are doing, they're doing their best to be happy. And you were spot on. Like we can't control their chaos, but the best thing we can do is provide a stable and consistent environment here and now. Mm-hmm. And that juxtaposition, I can't say that word. Edit that. <laughs> juxtaposition. <please. laughs> that is the one. Um, but that contrast between the two is really, it's going to come to light sooner or later. Mm-hmm. Like that moment where the kid wants the chaos because they feel like that's going to be more fun. Mm-hmm. As they get older, they'll, they'll start to see that, wow mom's a little, a little drop in the ball sometimes or a bit of a flake or whatever Mm -hmm. that is. And down the line, they'll start to see that. Mm -hmm. And, and I've seen this several times in my own life where it's the chaotic parent is the fun one. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it kind of puts you guys in bad, good cop, bad cop. Yeah. Yep. But in the long run, (laughs) you're doing everything. You're doing what you think is best in the long run. I believe that the children will eventually see that contrast and appreciate the stability and the consistency and the structure. Yes. You're singing the song of our people. (laughs) (laughs) I think a lot of step parents have experienced that where they're like, I am, you know, pardon my French, I'm busting my ass for these kids to make sure they have a good life. And they're like, oh, I'm going to go. I'd rather go hang out at mom's house because we get to go to Disneyland and we get to go do all this fun stuff. And mm-hmm. it's fun all the time. And every day there's some new big fun thing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and we're like, because, uh, you know, those of us who, you know, maybe were raised in a little less chaos. I don't want to say it wasn't ever chaotic, um, but we're like, that's not necessarily healthy. And you know, then we're not ever working on anything else. It's just always working on that fun piece, Yeah. you know? And I think too, when it comes to your own happiness, your individual Mm -hmm. happiness, we often think that it should just come naturally, but that structure and that consistency in your own life to be happy is what will pay off in the end. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you mentioned some of the triggers that got you to change. What, um, what things did you do to help yourself in this process of, I could be a happier person. I could be less angry. So first and foremost, I had to stop comparing. Uh, oh, that's huge in step parenting. <laughs> <laughs> Comparisons between bio mom and step mom go both ways. Mm-hmm. And oh my gosh, it causes so many problems. Well, and it's so hard to see someone doing a very similar role uh-huh. and not feel like there's areas you're dropping and they're winning today. Yeah. Well, tomorrow you may be the 
the one that's on top and you just never know. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. And I found that when I was comparing myself to other people, I wasn't accepting who I was and I wasn't living by my values. Right. And when you're not living by your values and you're seeing what somebody else is doing and you're seeing all these things and you're competing and comparing, you lose yourself. And when you lose yourself, those emotions run high, uh-huh. higher. Mm-hmm. You're more likely to go one of the three, right? If you're me, you go over the top uh-huh. <laughs> and you get really angry. Uh, you, you freeze and, or, and you're like, I deer in the headlights. I don't yeah. even know how to handle right. this. Or you fight. You're like, I, got, I, I have to go. Mm-hmm. I yeah. gotta go. I gotta step out of the house for about an hour and a half. <laughs> yeah. Don't call me. Right. And, I need some time. <laughs> yes. And there's nothing wrong with those. Uh-huh. But the thing is, is that when we aren't in alignment with our values and we're chasing that comparison, it does create that unstable environment for ourselves mm-hmm. and for our families. Mm-hmm. And it's really hard to build a foundation of happiness, which is what you need to be able to move forward. And that starts with knowing who you are and what you stand for. Uh huh. And sticking strong to that. And I think you guys know this pretty heavily because like, I'm sure that the co-parent has their values and you're like, what are we, what is going on here? This is not in alignment. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But then it's like, okay, you can compare to that or you can be strong in who you are. And I think that that can teach worlds to the children that you have an impact on. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I love that. It's like, it's that integrity of, knowing who you are and learning how to be that person, no matter your situation. Mm -hmm. And I think kids in blended families really struggle with that because they have an instability that other kids don't ever really have to deal with in a lot of ways. And, you know, it can really make or break them. Yeah. And being an example in that space and then being able to teach in that space, I think, can make such a world of difference. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But the second thing I did is I really leaned heavy into declarations. I love it. And I understood that anytime there was a triggering moment, uh-huh. and granted, triggering moments lose my temper an hour and a half later. I'm like, man, declaration, say it now. <laughs> yeah. That's how it starts yeah. though. Yeah. Does not happen overnight. <laughs> right. <laughs> but eventually getting to the point of using a declaration that really resonates with those values and who I want to be. And leaning on that in situations that are tense and triggering. Uh Mm -hmm. And do you mind sharing that with us? Sure. Okay. I will share my current one. Awesome. Which is, I am an intuitive mentor, vibrant, abundant, and filled with light. Large amounts of money continuously come to me and I am secure in my purpose. I love that. That is awesome. (laughs) I can see how like in your frustrational moments being like, oh, I'm an intuitive, vibrant mentor. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like it just, you're not the same person in those two spaces. And um, as step parents, when we kind of get out of that fight or flight in an hour and a half later or three days later, whenever it is that we calm down, you'd be like, oh, I'm a stepmom who loves her kids. I'm a stepdad who loves his stepkids and who wants to be the best parent that I can be to them. Yeah, absolutely. And I would throw in there too, something along the lines of, and this might upset some of you, but (laughs) something along the lines of, I love and acknowledge my Mm co-parent. Yeah. And that can be a hard one for a lot of step parents. I think I've shared it on the podcast before. Tell me if I have. I share it all the time, so I forget. But when I was struggling with my stepdaughter's mom, um, mine for her was, I send and receive positive energy to name and allow room for a better relationship with her. 
Beautiful. And that was the best that I could do at that point in time. And now I'm like, yeah, I, I like her. She's pretty decent a lot of the time. But, <laughs> but yeah, love and acknowledge their efforts is a step higher. And that might be like, it's okay if you start lower. It Absolutely. is. And you can get yeah. to that point someday. Or maybe the best you'll get to is like, I think she's doing her best or I think he's doing his best. And I'm going to allow that space for them to do that. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's hard. Like the first time I prayed for bio mom, I cried for like an hour afterwards and like cried while I was doing it, cried before doing it because I was struggling to do it. It's hard. Yeah. You know, like nobody's sitting here saying this is an easy thing. Just spit out the words Uh because words have power. Mm -hmm. And a lot of us as step parents are like, (laughs) when there's someone in your life that's caused you know, you feel they've caused pain and strife. And from your perspective, they're a very difficult person. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it can be very, like, you feel like you're ripping your own heart out to say those words. Yeah. But the more you say them, the more you're creating space for love in your blended family, mm-hmm. for your whole family, you're creating more stability for your children, for your spouse, for yourself. 100%. So you said um, stopping comparison Mm -hmm. and then saying declarations. How long before, so how long were you doing those things before you started to notice a difference in your anger? So I would say first and foremost, it was not like flip the switch and I consistently am (laughs) able to do those things. Uh (laughs) They were, it was slow starts and starts and stops and things like that. But to be able to get to a space where I can consistently say my declarations in times of, I actually, I got rear-ended the other day. Oh no. And I was like, oh, seriously? Mm," Uh (laughs) And I'm like, no, say my declaration because you can't be, just like you said, can't be irritated and be a vibrant and abundant person who's filled with light. Right. Right. (laughs) And you, you can't compare, going back to my own declaration, you can't compare if you're secure in your purpose. Yeah. But so as I got out of the car, I'm like saying my declaration to myself (laughs) and Uh the other person got out and she seemed really irritated that she rear-ended me, Uh (laughs) which was another thing that I would be like, "Mm, really? (laughs) And so I kept on saying my declaration in my head and ended up all working out just fine. And that was like a prime example of something coming out of nowhere, unexpected, uh-huh. that previously would have been really upsetting and like, okay, now I have to do all this extra stuff. And we need to call the police and all of this. Right. And I was able to step into it, into who I wanted to be in that situation. I love it. And so to answer your question in entirety, it's an ongoing process. Yeah. It's never perfect. Uh-huh. And while I speak and train on happiness it's not something I feel 100% of the time. I'm a human being. No, it's normal not to. <laughs> exactly. But I would say to get to a point where I could do this consistently, it was probably about three, four years. Okay. Yeah. That's what I'm finding too. I've been in like personal development for a long time. And even the point where I like wanted to say something nice about my girl's mom, like I send and receive her positive energy. It was a good year at least before I could start adding that in. And and then another year before I started to believe it when I said mm-hmm. it. <laughs> So it's a retraining. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And I had started some energy work and different things and mindset work before I ever became a step parent. Mm -hmm. But I feel like when I became a step parent, I backslid really far. And in a lot of ways, I'm 
even now just still starting over on some of that work. Mm -hmm. So I think being patient with yourself and understanding that, you know, things aren't, you're not always going to be able to maintain the progress that you've made, but when you recognize that you've, you know, backslid, Mm -hmm. it's okay. Get back on the horse, (laughs) start working again. Well, and if I can be so bold, I think in your case too, you did personal development and then this happened and who you are changes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. How you identify yourself suddenly shifts. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that takes a reaffirmation and a rediscovery of who am I now in this situation and how do I want to handle right. move forward in this mm-hmm. instead of, and I think this is where a lot of people fall, regardless of a step-parent situation or not, you're either fighting for what you had before uh-huh. or you're fighting for what you think it should be and the expectations yes. of that. Yeah. Whereas right. if you can kind of find that middle ground of who you want to be, not what you think it should be, uh-huh. right? Mm-hmm. Who you want to be and who you could be is that middle ground to find that development, build those relationships and be happier. Mm-hmm. Yes. I love that. That's so true. Yeah. And it can be painful. You have to let go of some pieces of your past. Yeah. So <laughs> that might not be serving you anymore or the, yeah, yeah it's hard. Um, yeah. Okay. So my next question, hopefully this makes sense because sometimes my questions make sense in my head. <laughs> like in dealing with things that are frustrating, you stopped comparing, comparing, <laughs> started doing <laughs> affirmations. What did you do with all the negative emotions that you had previously felt? Like, how did you get rid of those? Yeah, that's a great question. One of my favorite things, actually. <laughs> so we have to what we do is we tend to suppress. And so I look at it like if your body was hollow mm-hmm. and you were just filling it with emotions, like a trash compactor, mm-hmm. right? Like you are just pushing all these emotions down and they just build on each other and you're pushing them down. And so it can take a long time yeah, to kind of pull everything out of the trash compactor and make it a nice face. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> and really what happens is, is we suppress and we suppress. And I think this is long, like we all do it uh-huh. mm-hmm. because we're traditionally raised in a society where you aren't supposed to show negative emotions. Right. Anger is the only acceptable one. Yes. Socially. Yeah. <laughs> and females, if we cry, we're upset, we're sad, whatever it is, we're overly emotional and that's yeah. problematic. Mm-hmm. And men, if they're feeling those things, they can't show that because then they're no. not manly. Uh-huh. Right. Right. And so we're taught our whole lives to suppress our negative emotions and hide them. And I'm going to kind of bounce around for a minute here. So bear okay. with me. But one of the, there's several things that we do to continue to suppress those. And eventually they come up to the top and then you have like a road rage incident uh-huh. or a screaming match or you <laughs> got to go drive in your car and you disappear for eight hours. <laughs> right. But whatever those are, we all have things that we do to try and what I call buffer those negative emotions and keep them suppressed. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And that can be in the form of like, in what I think is probably the least common is uh, drug use. Uh-huh. Then going to over drinking. Mm-hmm. If you drink alcohol. And that's not necessarily alcoholism or drug addiction, mm-hmm. but doing it where it goes beyond recreational and entertainment, but doing it because you need to take the edge off. Yeah. Right. Then, and now we're going to the more common ones, overeating, mm-hmm. 
binge watching TV, uh -huh. scrolling through social media, mm -hmm. and excessive gaming. I think those are so common for people in our society right now, those last four. Absolutely. Yeah. Most of us don't use substances or drink excessively, but the last four are like super easy to fall into. Yeah. Well, and they're um, also much more socially acceptable. That's true. Right. Yeah. <laughs> also shopping, money spending. Uh -huh. yeah. That's a big one. Retail therapy. Yeah. Retail yes. therapy. But so we use those to buffer from feeling our negative emotions. Uh -huh. So what we need to do is find a way to, first off, identify what we're using to buffer and make the decision, right? It's not saying, oh, you watch too much TV, now cut that out. Right. It's, I shouldn't watch this. That's what your brain's saying. But you can say, I could watch this. Uh -huh. And that gives you the choice. Yeah. So that's not the shame that you watch TV because you were overwhelmed. And then like, I shouldn't have done that. Mm -hmm. It's okay. Next time I could do that. It's an option. I can choose to lean into my buffering or I can choose not to. Yeah. Which I think gives you a lot of power because before that's just the automatic default and it ties into neural pathways in your brain from all the choices that you've made over and over and over again. So it's a really easy choice, but just thinking it through, like Absolutely. I could do this or I could do this. Which one do I want to do? And that of course takes time to get to the phase of understanding that. Yeah. But once you can do that, then that opens up space to go, okay, I can either buffer and continue to suppress uh -huh. or how do I release and let go of these negative emotions? Right. And the way that I like to do that, there's a couple of ways, but my favorite is every day, every other day, I will write at the top of a piece of paper, I feel blank because, uh -huh. and, or I am feeling blank because, and the first emotion that comes to my mind is what I put in. Uh-huh. So I am feeling overwhelmed because, and then you do like a bulleted list, but it doesn't have to be single word bullets. You want to like release the stories that you're saying around uh, your overwhelm. So okay. it could be like a sentence yes. or a phrase or, or a something. Couple. Okay. Right. So uh, I can really only pull from my own life. So uh -huh. <laughs> if I'm feeling overwhelmed, then it would be, I am feeling overwhelmed because things at work are really crazy and hectic right now. Mm -hmm. And we're coming up in a lot of big like game changing things. And it feels like everything's falling apart. Yeah. I feel overwhelmed right now because I'm part of several business groups and I'm trying to engage <laughs> in, in all these challenges, but at the same time, like trying to have some self-care. Yeah. yeah. So it doesn't have to be single, even sentences. It can be, what, are, what is that story that you're telling yourself around that overwhelm? Mm -hmm. And the point being to get it up out of your body. Let's, let's loosen up that stuff that's been compacted for yeah. so long. Loosen it up, get it up, out, so out on paper. Mm -hmm. And then when you are done, and sometimes when you first start this, you could write about you could write about overwhelm for a long time. Uh -huh. Oh yeah, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> but so set yourself a time limit. Go slowly, because if you empty it all out at once, then you're like, okay, I felt really weird and <laughs> yeah. you'll get uncomfortable really fast and you'll go right back to right. Mm -hmm. doing it. So give yourself a little bit of a time limit. And then when you are done on that piece of paper, and you can type it out too, I prefer handwritten, uh -huh. but you have that piece of paper, when you're done, you rip it up and you throw it away. You do not show it to anybody. Right. You don't tell anybody about it. <laughs> and now you have it up, out, and away. Yeah. And that Good. is huge for being able to identify, explore the reasons why, and let those emotions go. Yeah. I love that. Okay, Taylor. So taking that exercise to an example that might be common amongst step parents, let's say uh, 
let's say I get my paper and I write down, I'm feeling sad because today my stepdaughter told me I'm not her real mom. And I, yesterday we found out about this opportunity for my stepson to do this workshop, but we, we can't afford to pay for the whole thing. And bio mom doesn't want to help with it because it was our idea. And, you know, I, I feel sad because I'm living far away from my family because I came here to live with my family of my husband and my stepkids. And I miss my brothers and sisters. I miss my parents. So let's say that that's what I wrote down. Okay. Yeah. And then I would take it mm-hmm. and I would tear it up and put it in the garbage. Yes. And then what would I do? Okay, so now you have emptied the trash compactor of that emotion of sadness, mm-hmm. or we've at least gotten a start at loosening it up and getting it up out in a way. So the next thing you want to do is empower yourself with positive emotions mm-hmm. and positive feelings. So there's a couple of things you can do with that. And intuitively, I'm getting the idea that I need to tell you to dance. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's like she knows me. <laughs> So one of like the foundational things is if you have your declaration, use and say that, Uh right? That's a good foundational piece. Okay. But for feeling things like sadness and you've released that, what can happen is we have now that blank space and we need to fill it up with positive. Otherwise, what happens with blank space in our lives? We tend to fill it up, right? Uh And (laughs) if we're not empowering positive emotions, we'll just fill it right back up with the negative emotions. Right. So- like I said, intuitively, what I'm getting is for you to find <laughs> to find a song mm-hmm. that really just pumps you up and makes you excited and like, I just want to dance and sing this at the top of my lungs. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Yes. <laughs> Rachel's very musical. That's a good one. <laughs> I am. And I used to dance a lot. I haven't in a while. So. <laughs> and I think that might be a, a twofold thing, right? You're empo- empowering yourself mm-hmm. to Go from feeling sad and acknowledging and releasing that emotion to feeling confident and feeling happy and positive. And you're empowering yourself to do that. But I also think whether you dance on your own and you sing on your own, like getting your body engaged is a huge piece of that. But I know from like my own personal experience, one of my favorite memories with my mother is dancing in the living room. Mm-hmm. Just to random songs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I think there's an opportunity there to not only empower yourself after you've released those negative emotions, but also empower your family Uh that you do have fun and you're not always serious and structured. And even something silly and fun as dancing and singing in the living room, it's empowering you, but your family as well. And I think that's kind of a double bonus. But even if you're driving the car and you're by yourself, like sing, move the shoulders, tap the steering wheel, (laughs) whatever it is so that you can empower yourself because you're going to feel more confident. And after you've been feeling all that sadness, Mm -hmm. that's exactly what you need. Yeah, definitely. Ah, perfect. I love that. Hey, well, I can only imagine that that was helpful to our listeners because I think it's helpful. (laughs) I'm like, oh, sweet. I'm going to start doing that. So that's excellent. There's so many techniques you can use. And like Taylor mentioned, she's getting intuitively that that's what Rachel needed to do. But Mm -hmm. working with somebody who can coach you through it can be really helpful too. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. They can kind of give you techniques and based on what you know and what they know about you and 
And what your levels of comfort may be. Yeah, that's true. Right? Yeah. I'm getting intuitively that you like to dance and I'm assuming based on the reaction, yes. Yeah. (laughs) But I know other people where I would say doing like a writing exercise and things like that and that may resonate with them because they like to write, but they're not at a space where they feel like they can move their body and Uh vocally express joy. Yeah. Yeah. So it really depends on the individual as well. It is very individual. Awesome. That's cool. Okay, Taylor, thank you so much for coming to hang out with us today. We really appreciate you. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Yeah. So if, if our listeners are wanting to connect with you, what where can they find you? Yeah, so you can find me at happinessabound.com. Mm-hmm. And uh, I have several resources and avenues to contact and follow from there. Awesome. So <laughs> YouTube, Instagram, IGTV, Facebook, Twitter, the works, and I have my own podcast as well. Which is daily. And I'm impressed by that. That is impressive. (laughs) Thank you. It's a lot of work. (laughs) Daily positivity. You just search happiness abound on your listening podcast platform of choice. And there I am. All right. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you so much, Taylor. I've really enjoyed getting to know you. Thank you. Okay. Thanks. That's it for now. But in the meantime, keep on dancing. Good.